it's probably one of the first globally shared experience mm. that is bound to change our perspective in how we even approach diversity and inclusion in our workplaces. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Agnell, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. So my guest on today's episode of the Inspire podcast is Garish Ganison, and Garish is the Global Head of Diversity and Inclusion at TD Bank, and he joins me from Philadelphia. Garish, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You know, in some ways, the year that we've just had uh, has given us a story to talk about because, you know, you head up diversity and inclusion at TD. I know we've, we've been very privileged at the Humphrey Group to do work with your team globally over the years. And I know one of the things that when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, you said is that you're in this very challenging year where it's really more a humanitarian and health crisis, more than just a business crisis. TD's commitment to inclusion has seen you through it. So maybe I'll just start there and, 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 and get you to talk about, because I know inclusion for you at TD didn't just start with the pandemic, that it really predates COVID. So I'll give you a blank canvas to tell me about what that commitment looked like before COVID hit. What was very clear to me from the very first day that I joined TD is at the heart of all that we do is the culture of care, Mm -hmm. where everyone is seen, included, appreciated, and supported. Our focus pre-COVID, during COVID, and even moving forward has been about about being recognized as a leading organization that promotes inclusion, not only in the workplace, but in the broader community. And so what we've been striving for is that our colleagues feel that the organization reflects who they are. And TD is the place where they bring their unique stories and perspectives and where they thrive. And for our customers, to feel that TD reflects them and ensures their value for who they are and through the colleagues that they interact on a daily basis and through products and advice that they receive. Hmm. And then for our communities, it's about to recognize that we are helping to create those conditions where everyone is included and can mm-hmm. succeed in this changing world. So what's your story? You know, What led you to this role? Because my understanding is you didn't just join in 2016 as the head of diversity inclusion that, that you've come to this role. So I, I love a, your unique story, if you don't mind sharing it as well. I've uh, lived and worked in multiple geographies. Mm-hmm. And that certainly has opened up my mind in what inclusion really is. You know, it's not just about in how, the way we define it through race and ethnicity, through gender, um, through sexual orientation or disability, but it's even beyond that. It's the food we eat. It's mm. the languages we speak. It's the clothes we wear. It's the perspectives that we share. And having lived, you know, in multiple countries across various continents truly made me appreciate that. 
we are living in a highly complex world, which is extremely diverse. And hence, you know, diver- mm-hmm. diversity is a fact, but inclusion is an act and it has to be intentional. So my lived mm-hmm. experience is certainly attributed to my passion for diversity and inclusion and mm-hmm. also my personal journey. So I'm from a, I'm of South Asian origin. I came to Canada as an immigrant. I belong to the LGBTQ2 plus community. Mm-hmm. I came out at a later stage in my life, which in itself was a journey. So, you know, all those elements together, along with mm-hmm. my lived experiences and certainly the professional focus that I've had, kind of just bring everything together in what I do uh, in, in the role that I have at TD Bank. Um, and I'm grateful uh, to have the seat uh, mm-hmm. for. Uh, one of the biggest brands in Canada and for what me and my team are able to do in order to touch many lives across the organization and in the communities we serve. If we fast forward to a year ago, so you were, you're in the role, you have this commitment to inclusion, both in, for employees and the communities and the pandemic hits. So maybe talk a bit first about the impact of the pandemic and, and the year that we had, which, you know, obviously went beyond just covid uh, and how it was felt in uh, in the bank and in the communities you serve. It's probably one of the first globally shared experience mm. that is bound to change our perspective in how we even approach diversity <laughs> and inclusion in our workplaces. Mm. You know, it's not only uh, reminding us of the human experience that we all are sharing, but inequities are also magnified, mm-hmm. disproportionately impacting underrepresented communities. You know, I've always said that the virus does not discriminate, but the impacts of COVID-19 are disproportionate to more vulnerable population. Mm. So the crisis is truly reminding us of the value of connectedness, the power of human kindness, empathy, and our shared responsibility to partner together to build Mm -hmm. a more inclusive future. And the speed and the scale of the impact of this pandemic across society uh, has also created a feeling of uncertainty. So as we navigate this evolving situation, which we all continue to do so because we know the pandemic is not over yet, despite of the hope that the vaccine has brought about, mm-hmm. unifying multiple efforts and focusing on inclusion is going to be of utmost important. And so that, yeah, I mean, I think it's really fascinating the way you describe it as Obviously, it is a global event, but I've never heard someone say it will fundamentally alter you know, how we think about diversity and inclusion. So can, can you tell me a bit more about um, what you mean by that? You know, in this period, um, there's heightened uncertainty, as I mentioned, but also perceived lack of control and spread of misinformation, which increases the risk of bias xenophobia, racism, and the impact that it has on people in workplace and beyond. And on top of that, at work with the ever-changing policies and guidelines, largely in support of employee well-being, is impacting individuals in different ways, Hmm. based on their socioeconomic status, their living situation, their immigration status, virtual realities of daily work, you and I were talking about this, that, um, you know, at the start of the conversation in how 
our lives have gone blurred between mm-hmm. professional and personal life. And for many, many folks, that perpetuates inequities in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why it's important for organizations to take steps now to continue to their strength, to continue to strengthen uh, their focus on diversity and, mm-hmm. and build inclusive cultures in ways uh, that unlike ever before has happened uh, through, you know, communication strategies, mm-hmm. understanding, you know, where there might be disproportionate impact on their employees, interventions that continue the momentum towards a more equitable and just world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pandemic is not the only factor towards that. We also witnessed social and civil unrest last year that has resulted in a renowned focus on diversity and inclusion that's never existed before. Like people mm-hmm. are getting comfortable with uncomfortable conversations like race and inequities, which has never taken place. I think there's an expression I heard someone say is we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boats. Uh, so I'd, lo- I'd love your perspective as the as COVID drove the shift to virtual, what did people in TD start to see in terms of these visible inequities uh, and how did they react to it? We put in a lot of effort in certainly researching on what the disproportionate impact has been of the pandemic and of inequities because we leveraged that in order to then develop the right programs either for the community at large or for our own employees. Mm-hmm. You know, let me just start with the fact that we have colleagues who are still working from TD locations and then mm-hmm. colleagues who are working from home while trying to homeschool children or pivot uh, towards uh, care for elders. We have colleagues who have living arrangements that may make it difficult for them to work effectively for home. So each unique experience brings its own challenges. Mm-hmm. So it was very important for us to have inclusion as a guiding principle even when we were putting colleague programs and guidelines in place uh, in response to COVID-19. And uh, I'll give you a couple of examples on how we responded to it. To provide some certainty during uncertain times, last year we announced that there will be no job losses in 2020 as a result of COVID-19. And where appropriate, we will also find new ways to help transition and evolve roles to help our colleagues remain productive as our customer needs were changing and evolving. Hmm. Um, That's great. We, you know, we also ensured that soon after that, there were action followed in our decision to introduce a special award uh, for uh, our colleagues uh, who could benefit from financial incentive and and were working from home and needed some support from the organization. Um, TD also honored offers for summer interns and analysts. You know, early talent is a critical focus for the bank in building a pipeline of diverse employees and um, driving that business productivity, innovation, and growth. Hmm. And it's it's linked with inequities because students can be very easily forgotten. And we've mm-hmm. heard, we've seen a lot of research whereby students are graduating without a job mm-hmm. uh, because the organizations do not have the appetite to honor uh, summer internships or uh, other programs where traditionally they would have hired students. Mm-hmm. In the time, I love the way you describe it. That in a time of uncertainty, at least you could give them some certainty that employment would be there. So I'm sure that that really helped get people out of that anxious space. Exactly, and you know, similarly, it's really about being thoughtful and knowing your audience. 
we implemented short-term guidelines to support ergonomic needs that could be assessed remotely um, and supported our employees' homes. With workplace now being at home, this was necessary to ensure the employee feels supported because we know we have people in our workforce who do need accommodations and those accommodations were put in place on the basis of their workspace, which was primarily on TD premises. The list goes on and on, but we were also aware that not everyone is experiencing the effects of this pandemic the same way. Right. We provided our colleagues with employee and family assistance program and offered online resources or the ability to speak confidentially with a professional consultant on topics of mental well-being, finances, legal services, and beyond, so that they, they feel supported and had the resources that they can tap into while they were grappling with how they respond to the pandemic, not just professionally, but also personally. How did you tackle from an inclusion standpoint, dealing with some of the issues that went beyond the pandemic? I mean, you referenced to, you know, civil unrest that we dealt with and also, you know, with the murder of George Floyd, the, the breaking awareness of the systemic racism that exists in, uh, in our society. Talk about how inclusion uh, shape your approach to to those kind of things that as if the pandemic weren't enough <laughs> for your people. It was it's a complex topic to tackle. So for us, it was really about first of all being intentional in what our approach is going to be. Mm-hmm. And you know, very wise leader at TD guided us uh, through that path and advised us that we needed to approach it from the perspective of acknowledgement empathy, Mm -hmm. and then action. That's the guiding principle that we applied as we responded to our colleagues Mm -hmm. through the social and civil unrest on top of the pandemic. And part of that was creating that safe space and having those uncomfortable conversations. So we held a series of sessions. The first one I remember was called Breaking the Silence, and uh, where we had thousands of colleagues join us and talk about what was going on in the world against the Black community and where we needed to unify as an organization in support of them. Hmm. What did people say and and how were they feeling? The emotions were very high and, and all sorts of emotions were flowing through. There were emotions around frustration, mainly from Black colleagues, but also from non-Black colleagues Mm -hmm. who just could not believe what was going on in the world. There were also frustrations that this is a centuries-old problem, and um, what are we going to do as an organization in support of that? And But also a lot of advice and guidance on what colleagues should be doing, because the conversation around race and inequity is, is, has been a tabooed conversation for a very long time, particularly in the workplace. It's not easy for mm-hmm. anybody to have that conversation with confidence and courage. And um, the session really opened up the dialogue around how to have the conversation, how to feel comfortable about it, and what we as an organization can do in order to be comfortable with that uncomfortable conversation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we... We ended up taking quite a few steps uh, beyond just listening sessions. Mm-hmm. But I do think that listening session was pivotal in order to open up the dialogue in the organization in order to create that safe space, as I mentioned before. 
And I'd love um, to ask, how do you, I mean, if you to your point, there are people who maybe were reluctant, who felt for whatever historical reasons, it wasn't safe to speak up. How do you change that thinking? Because I'm sure people listening may, whether they're in a leadership role or not, there may be legacy uh, perceptions or valid ones that it's not safe to speak up. So I'd love to know how you tackled that. The way the session was architected, it was led by a Black colleagues and allies so that both part, both sides of our stakeholder groups feel safe about expressing their opinions, both in the spirit of solidarity, but also mm-hmm. if there are any frustrations and how we can tackle this going forward. We had employee panels uh, so that people could share their own personal stories on how they were feeling. Um, on top of that, you know, one of our leaders posted a blog that generated over you know, 10,000 hits and wow. several comments from our colleagues wow. in the spirit of showing support to the Black community, mm. but also expressing their emotions and sharing their stories. Um, and so the entire mm. organization was in this and we were in this together. I'd love to know, you know, as, as things went on, what would be the, the top three things that you did to really turn that dialogue into action? Yeah, the first one was really acknowledging that representation matters. So mm-hmm. we made public commitments on increasing representation of mm-hmm. uh, Black talent, uh, especially within the executive roles. We also acknowledged that education and learning can hugely contribute towards both uh, personal growth, but also learning and unlearning things that um, we probably did not experience through our childhood or in school. So we committed to investing in an educational course on understanding Black experiences Mm -hmm. and anti-Black racism and broadly speaking, anti-racism for all our 90,000 employees. Um, And I'm happy to report that we did roll out both of those virtually to all of our 90,000 colleagues across the bank in fall of last year. Um, Beyond that, you know, we also committed to professional development uh, for Black colleagues, but also creating sponsorship and mentorship programs so that we were leveraging in a broader infrastructure and talent ecosystem that we have at TD in order to fill the gap in where we feel like we could have done more and we want to do more. And we also, you know, TD has always believed in that dissonance starts to kick in if you have a diverse and inclusive stance internally, but not externally. Hmm. And hence our DNI strategy is multifold, whereby we not only go about it from a colleague perspective, but also have an equal balance from a customer and community hmm. point of view. So in that, in that action plan, we also committed to how we were going to support the Black community at large through our corporate citizenship platform, the TD Ready Commitment. Um, mm. Certainly, there were financial commitments that were made in support of Black-owned businesses or community organizations that were uh, supporting or combating uh, impacts of anti-Black racism. Mm-hmm. But from a customer point of view, we committed to standing up customer task force in the U.S. Mm-hmm. that could look into black, uh, small businesses owned by uh, Black uh, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. uh, and support them in the time of need. But also in Canada, we already have uh, a targeted 
customer segmentation strategy uh, for LGBTQ2 plus group and women. So we committed to expanding that to mm -hmm. black and minority groups and uh, have a similar stance as we committed to in the U.S. in supporting more minority and black owned businesses. Yeah, and I love how your focus is on inside and outside. I mean, I think that's really rare when you look at DNI, you know, beyond just let's tackle our own opportunities to be more equitable. Um, I think that's something for me that really stands out about TD. Yeah, on that point, um, as for communities and customers, you know, the bank continues to support existing DNI sponsorship and grants. We're helping external not for profit organizations we sponsor to even adopt or pivot their programs to address uh, COVID-19 challenges. Because we know that, as I've mentioned before, and, and you acknowledge that, you know, the social civil unrest was on top of COVID-19. So we can't forget that we were all, we are also in the pandemic and the pandemic has disproportionately impacted particularly the black and brown communities. Right. So more broadly speaking, the bank announced uh, a TD community resilience initiative that is dedicated to COVID-19 response and community recovery. We've tackled how when COVID hit, you used intentional inclusion to reduce anxiety and lift everyone so they could all uh, bring their full selves to work. We tackled your how you use intentional inclusion to help people speak up and speak out in support um, of the anti-racism movement and the actions you took. And the third thing I want to touch on is mental health. You know, this has been a theme throughout COVID, uh, and it's, it feels like it's only grown as the second wave has been upon us. How did you use your intentional inclusion mindset to tackle the mental health challenge? We approached putting out mental health resources for our employees in support of the situation they were in through storytelling. We had our own colleagues talk about mental health and how they have leveraged some of these resources because there's still a lot of stigma around mental health mm -hmm. that could be eliminated and not everybody's comfortable talking about it regardless of the situation that you're mm -hmm. in. And so we've been talking about it more openly than we ever happen. Mm -hmm. And a storytelling angle and diversity and inclusion collaborating with the broader HR team and the benefits department uh, really helped trigger the openness in the organization. And it also highlighted that our mental well-being is not just critical, but it fluctuates from time to time. Yeah, I call it the COVID yo-yo. You know, I feel like yeah. this last, you know, one day you're up, one day you're down. You have, and it often has no corresponding rationale. You just wake up and you're like, I feel pretty rotten today. <laughs> you know, exactly. so it's exactly. and, not a, and that could fluctuate from how you feel in the morning to how you feel in the evening, depending upon how your day right. goes or what you're reading in the news, right? Right. Or, and so we had about 4,000 colleagues attend a mental mm. health webinar in May of last year, an incredible initial response and one that suggests that we need to continue these conversations. Mm. And we will continue to offer both bank-wide and business-specific programs and initiatives going forward as well to help with stress management, self-care, resiliency techniques, and enhance mental well-being awareness mm -hmm. uh, across the organization. Mm -hmm. um, we also looked to our leaders to ensure that they were providing support to our colleagues, whether it mm -hmm. was equipment, 
necessary to accommodate where they were working from and having a conducive work from home experience, reminding our colleagues of resources within and outside the bank for mental health support, and just checking in with each other. You know, mm-hmm. I'm constantly reminded of that culture of care at TD. And I still remember in, in the initial days of the pandemic, I was having daily calls with my team. So if you have someone listening who's saying, look, my team is suffering, uh, I know, what's the number one thing I should do to support their mental health as this pandemic drags on and on and on? What would you advise? I would say a couple of things. Firstly, listening to the team to really understand what the cause of the problem might be. And you know, if it's work-related, helping to prioritize. And it's okay to say no, particularly with the times that we are in where everybody's grappling with work-life balance. If it's a personal issue and seeking HR's advice and then connecting the individual with professional services that we have in place that could probably help the individual uh, really problem solving what they might be grappling with. Yeah, I like that listening. I mean, one of the themes I'm taking away, whether it's from the groups you brought together in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder or mental health, it's really, or, or your commitment to inclusion, it's around everyone's story matters and the need to create a safe space, uh, open climate and a personal commitment to hearing people. Is that, is that a fair characterization of what, uh, one of the things that's at the heart of your commitment? Absolutely. You know, I sum it up usually when I say, it's about listening to hear, not listening to respond. Yeah, and I think now more than ever, we need to listen to hear because everyone's story is uh, right in our faces or in our Zoom screen, <laughs> as, as it were, and everyone, everyone is affected. It really, going back to what we started with, this is an event that impacts the entire world. No one is unscathed, though the impact varies dramatically, and we know disproportionately is affecting you know, underprivileged, underrepresented communities. So to hear what you've been doing at TD is really inspiring in terms of committing not only to the community within the bank, but externally. So, so maybe I'll just ask as we, you know, one year on into this, looking forward, you know, what are your priorities? What's ahead for, for you and your leadership and, and the bank on this front? You know, I would, I would start by saying that I firmly believe that Creating an inclusive and successful organization, just like a society, only happens when every voice matters. So it is important more than ever that we stand together. Uh, I'm extremely grateful and proud to be part of an organization that cares for its people, values diversity, inclusivity, and humanity. It will take hard work and a long-term focus at every level of the bank to affect the change and the progress that we seek. Uh, We will continue to learn and grow as an organization and tackle new challenges. Um, And we have accomplished so much over the years and are rightly proud of our bank. Uh, And as always, we are focused on the future and the programs needed to build an even more inclusive bank Mm -hmm. and society where we all can thrive and grow. And I know that together we can and we will make a difference. Uh, And I truly believe that's what it means to be a better bank. So as part of that focus, We remain connected to our colleague promise and culture of growth and Mm -hmm. helping our colleagues prepare for the evolving needs of the business, but also evolving needs of the crisis, because that's going to mean a different way of life, both professionally and personally. 
And so huge focus on what I call advancing our culture of inclusion. Mm-hmm. We are also committed to meeting colleague expectation as it relates to career development and coaching. Regardless of our increasingly virtual environment, these convers- conversations are more important than ever. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that spirit of connectedness and belonging is not just because our colleagues are seeking a network within the organization, but they are seeking that growth that they ultimately came to TD for. So we cannot lose focus on that. So as part of that, we are also committed mm-hmm. to upskilling and retooling our colleagues to position them for new roles, including helping them navigate through new experiences and, and gain those new skills to meet uh, banks' needs today and the future. So one year in, Alan, you know, we started with your own story one year in, are you more, less, or equally hopeful about the possibilities to move to a more inclusive company in a more inclusive world one year into this pandemic? I am I'm definitely more hopeful. And, uh, you know, our list is long and complex in what we want to achieve. A couple of other things that uh, I was going to share is meeting our public commitments is going to be critical for us in support of both Black colleagues, but also broadly speaking from a diversity and inclusion perspective. We know we can do more, and that's why we made those public commitments. There was no hesitation within the organization when those conversations took place. And we truly believe in telling our own story, and part of that is making sure that the organization continues to be that better bank and continues to evolve and grow along with our colleagues Uh, through the core value of diversity and inclusion. So I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful for TD because I have full confidence in the organization, but I also am hopeful for the larger community because Mm -hmm. I feel like TD, along with other organizations who are similar to us, can make a difference. I know you didn't sign up or you didn't enter your career thinking you'd be in this job, but after this conversation, I can say that I do feel that you're in the right place, both in terms of the role in the bank. So, Harish, I appreciate you coming on, sharing your own story, sharing what you're doing at TD, and I'm glad to hear that you're hopeful and uh, it's inspiring. So thanks for, uh, for the time today. Thanks, Bart. I really enjoyed the conversation. <laughs>